Washington, D.C. Acknowledge me. Chris Russell on the Team 980. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Oh, everybody, did the temperature get cranked up in here over the last hour or so? Wow. Man, it feels like once a year, maybe twice a year, you get delivered a present. And I'm not even talking about Christmas Day or your birthday. And I'm not even talking about... Joining us in studio, or Linnell Willingham. We like to have a little fun with him uh, and his uh, various different names. Today's not about fun, Chris Russell. That's true. That I promise is true. you that. Um, but boy, oh boy. First of all, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Welcome aboard. Nice to see you as always. I know you You woke up extra early this morning and up. you texted me and you said, I'm fired up. I've been up, man. And this was even before this came out. It's before this came out, Chris. So you got to imagine. Right. Now you're like a bull in a china shop. I mean, this Um, is. What we're talking about is an ESPN article uh, from John Kime and um, uh, Jeremy Fowler, uh, which came out earlier today. I didn't see it until, uh, quite honestly, just a little while ago. Uh, I had seen a quote on Twitter that was attributed to Jeremy Fowler Mm -hmm. about. People in the building think Sam Howell has entered the conversation for next year. And I thought, and I said on Twitter, and and I I, I took it down because I didn't realize it was part of, this. the context <laughs> was part of a much bigger project. I said, it's kind of a nothing burger. Of course he's in the conversation to be the starter next year. What does in, con- in the conversation mean? I'm in the conversation for a million things. Doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Doesn't mean I'm going to win it. Doesn't mean it's going to happen to me. Doesn't mean boss is going to choose or whoever is going to choose me for it, but I'm in the conversation for it. I'm the horniest guy on the the, the, the universe. <laughs> hey now, where the hell did you find that? Wow. Jeez. That's my doubt. Gotta love B. Mitch and Finley. That's oh, my doubt. Man, I knew show. it would come from those two guys. Anyway, wow. this is. Yeah, they think I'm. Uh, yeah, they they. they the horniest guy on the the, the, the universe. Uh, d- 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 <laughs> I'm stuttering. Is that what you're allegedly? I'm supposedly okay. the horniest guy on the internet, is what JP Finley calls me. I have no idea why, because I don't do anything wrong. But I said, do you have a different social media platform no! that I'm not aware of that you? Do? I mean, I literally sit there and argue with fans. Oh. And plan the show. Okay. And try and read the show. So that's what I was doing this morning. When I saw this, what I thought initially was a big nothing burger quote of, of course, pe- people in the building think Sam Howell's earned himself consideration for the starting quarterback job. Those people in the building aren't going to be here next year. Uh, he's put himself in conversation. Well, okay. But I didn't realize it was part of a bigger project, a bigger piece, a bigger investigative work. Between Jeremy Fowler and my pal John Kime of ESPN, who, you know, I've covered the team for 14 years in in one way, shape, or form. I mean, John's been there on the beat the entire time, different outlets, what have you. 
I've been in and out on the beat, but you know, we spent a number of years on the beat together, traveling together, uh, all that. We were just hanging out on Sunday afternoon before the game. And Linnell, he and Fowler put together this piece, and it starts by focusing on what kind of went down behind the scenes on the day they traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Fascinating. Then it goes to Sam Howell. Then it focuses on Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't just one, I guess, crux here, but the one that appears to be the juiciest, the one that appears to be the juiciest is the Eric Bieniemy part. I just put up one somewhat docile quote on Twitter. I mean, this is a bombshell. Just they, a second ago. Worked on, man. I'm reading it right now, yeah. but th- this is. I mean, like, like here's here's the deal. It's no better. Um, all right, so we know that there have been players that have been unhappy. In August, we know the day after Thanksgiving, Kime leaked something that said, once again, players are, and I'm paraphrasing here, are miffed that Ron Rivera gave Eric Bieniemy so much power. One player in this piece, okay, one player, especially team veterans and those with families, as Kime and Fowler put it, yeah. quote, it's what Biennemi wants, one player grumbled, in terms of the schedule of days off, right? Can we start putting the pieces to the puzzle together for some of this as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're, 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 we're going to do that. We're, we're going to do that. But I just want to read you a couple of the key shorter quotes, right? Because those have the most effectiveness. Um, again, it's what Biennemi wants, one player grumbled. And they're talking about veterans and, 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 and players with family. I, I can guess... Who are probably yeah? I can guess right now. I know (laughs) who are probably two of those guys, right? Yeah. Then one player told ESPN, "I assume it's a different player than the previous player. Mm -hmm. He's gotten better at respecting our time." Yeah, and that's uh, and this is where I want to jump in here real quick, Chris. That's for anyone who and none of us have had the luxury of being in an NFL facility for the entirety of the day and seeing right. the, the the total picture right. of what they actually do. But our colleague Rick Doc Walker constantly references the hours that Joe Jackson Gibbs put in and how he slept at the damn facility at times. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. Mike Shanahan was well known for that. Yes. And there's some other quotes in here that from, from the Kansas City side of this, Washington needs a culture shock. Yeah. This organization has a cancer. And a lot of you want to attribute it to Dan Snyder. Everyone that's a part of this thing the last four or five years, to me, is a part of the problem. Right. There's so many different areas we can nitpick at where not everyone's not on the same page and things aren't running smoothly in their front office. So this isn't a surprise to me. Like the, the coaching staff complaining about hours, if it, and I'm talking about the coaches in particular right now because they also complained about it later in Right, this. right. We're going to get to that. Coaches complaining to me. It shows me and is reflective of the staff that Ron Rivera put together. Mm. Staff of lazy individuals. You're complaining about long hours at work. You have to work. And you corrected me when I said this off air, but I'm going to say it again. These hours only exist for a certain part of the year. You're getting paid 
handsomely to come in and, and produce. This is the stuff that I want to hear. I love that I'm hearing this, that Eric Bieniemy has come in there and culture zapped this damn thing because yeah. that's what they need. See, what hurts Eric Bieniemy though, I don't think is any what, of it you, hurts what you're alluding to is not only the players apparently not ha- – we've known that the players mm-hmm. aren't happy, but I don't think until today we had any inkling that there were some members of the coaching staff that are, I, I, I guess for lack of a better term, unhappy. And if, if, if you combine those two, then you have a problem. I didn't think no, you have you a problem know. when it was just the players rebelling because let me tell you something. You talk about coaches and how many hours and whatnot they work and how much money they get paid. What the hell do you think players get? Exactly. Players get five and a half months off a year. My, my point. Exactly. A year. Those are the ones that have it easy. Not coaches who work 100 hours a week during the season and 75, 80 hours a week during the offseason. That's a break for them. Okay, not all of them, not every coach is the same. Steve Spurrier was out golfing in the back half, maybe in the front half of his second season. (laughs) I wasn't around, but I know the stories. I've heard the stories, what have you. Mike Shanahan used to get there at 4.35 o'clock in the morning, and I would often walk out of the building with Mike Shanahan at 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night, and he would look at me and go, what the bleep are you doing here? And I said, Mike, I got a lot of work to do. He goes, yeah, I got a lot of work to do too. And I said, what the hell are you doing here? And the difference between me and Mike Shanahan, besides how much control and power and how much money he was making, (laughs) was that he was showing up at 5 a.m. I was getting there at 10 or 10.30. Okay? There were... There was a difference. Now, not every day of the week they were there until 11 o'clock at night, but, but Monday, mattered. Tuesday, and Wednesday they were. When they're installed, Coaches they're during the season work an inordinate amount of hours. But I'm telling you, it it doesn't, it well, we doesn't help yeah. EB's argument if assistant coaches, presumably under him, these aren't his. This is are, are okay. I, presumably under his okay. direction are upset now. Now I don't know who those coaches are. I don't know. I, I would imagine it's not Tavita Pritchard, but could it be Jennifer King? I don't know. Could it be Travell Wharton who is here? I don't know. Could it be Todd Storm? I have no idea. Do you know who Todd Storm Tight is? Ends. Okay, <laughs> right. Nobody knows who Todd Storm I, is. I don't. Except for Linnell yeah. Willingham. But the point being is yeah. that does hurt Eb's message, presence, aura, if you will, a little bit. Here's what also hurts it: the fact that the offense sucks right now. By See, and large, you, you can say that the offense sucks, but. By and large, th- throughout the whole season, when you look big picture, there are some numbers, yes. and we've gone through it, that really yes. supports the growth that yes. this group has made. And I think we got to look at it, look at the lens, look at it for what it is. This is a fifth-round quarterback behind a badass offensive line, receivers that, to me, are you got a bunch of number twos running around. He's not like he's working with a dime a dozen talent. I mean, and I'm not trying to crap on Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson, right. but for all of you that have your panties in a wad about these separation numbers, they were just as bad last year. Yep. That's not who Terry was. He's led the league in contested catches before. Why? Because he can't create separation. 
That's who he is. That doesn't mean he's a bad receiver. I don't think he should be the eighth highest paid receiver, which is why I may move on from him this summer. Mm-hmm. But that's a different conversation. So I, it just frustrates me, man, how we act like, look at what Washington has been over my lifetime. I go by the youngest in charge movement. I'm 26. It's been horrible the whole time. Mm-hmm. And yet we got a guy coming in here with hardware, Super Bowl rings, guys that are backing him, Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. If we could play the, the audio from Hard Knocks, man, of Tyreek Hill and Eric Bieniemy embracing each other on Sunday, there's so many clips of them telling uh, Tyreek telling people what Eric means to him as a man. Yes. It's deeper than just the yes. coaching. So when which, he's coming which in is here, interesting coming from a guy on. as talented come on, man. As, as Tyreek Hill. There's a part in this article that I want to read here, Chris, and it's from the Kansas City source talking yeah. about Eric and his ways and how it was received in Kansas City. He's demanding, and he'll push people, the quote says, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't care if he ruffles their feathers. That same chief source said many players in Kansas City needed that push, including Patrick Mahomes and tight end Travis Kelsey. We've heard this. We've heard this, and we saw some of it in Kansas City. real time. And then Kelsey, Mahomes, and Tyreek Hill especially, all three of them, couldn't sing the praises of Eric Bieniemy louder and 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 higher because they all felt that it was worth it in the end and that he was pushing them to be the best that they could be. Now listen, I don't know Eric Bieniemy other than high and by. I've met him a couple of times. High and by again, that's it. I don't pretend to know him. I'm not going to tell you. I know exactly how much of a hard ass he is. All I know is what I could see on the practice field during the off season, no, and, it was and he was a hard I loved ass. It. Okay. But I loved it. We that were singing being the said, praises then. You know, and 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 I, I want to be I want to be careful. No, like, you know, there's the inference that you know some coaching staff members are are, are upset. Whatever. One member of the staff mm-hmm. said that while the hours are a testament to the enemy's stamina, uh, stamina, stamina, <laughs> the pace is yeah. nearly impossible to maintain uh, due to the length of the season, even in the notoriously sleep deprived NFL coaching uh, profession. Right. So let me pull up the commander's is, offensive coaching. Staff. Is that right there? Is that a criticism or is that a reality? Because I will tell you this again if you're getting to the building at 5 a.m. and you're there until after midnight, that's not healthy for anyone. It's hard to be really good at what you do on that little rest, on that little sleep when you are, say, 50 plus. Now, maybe some of them aren't 50-plus, but you get my point. You don't have to be 50 to be exhausted when you're working 110 hours a week. I'm sorry. So maybe that is just a reality as opposed to a criticism, but it it is being taken as a criticism. How many winners are on this Washington coaching staff? Well, not Because let's really really look into their background and where the hell they've been. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to win. I want to – I don't know. Give me that crap. You don't think it's sustainable? You don't know what's sustainable because your ass hasn't won anything. You mentioned Todd Storm. He's a Ron Rivera crony. He's been with Ron his entire career. They ain't won anything. He started with him in 2018. They were garbage. And now he's a tight ends coach here. You wonder why Cole Turner can't get on the field. <laughs> he's getting coached by Todd Storm. And I'm not trying to do this. These are credible NFL dudes. But Todd Storm has literally has no coaching experience outside yeah. of this building. Yeah. which hasn't won diddly squat, so he doesn't know how to win. 
Randy Jordan is probably the assistant I respect the most on that staff. Yeah. Because when you survive three different coaching oh, changes, great. you could do your damn job. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, maybe Randy's not happy maybe either. Maybe Randy. I don't this know. is different for him, too. You know, I, I, but I, I mean, think Randy listen. was here with Mike. Randy knows the hours, though, Chris. Randy, he was here with Mike. Yeah. Ran, Randy was here the final year of Mike. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. No, he's no, no, no. He was I'm sorry. Mike the whole Ra- time, Ra- I no, I'm sorry. Ran- Randy was hired. Randy was hired the first year of Jay. Uh, right. Randy was hired the first year of Jay and survived Jay getting let go and obviously Ron being brought in. So Randy's been here since 2014. He's survived. Come now, on, l- man. Now, let me tell you something. I will say this. There was a stark difference that I noticed. Well, yeah. Going from Mike Shanahan specifically and 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 how his staff operated, especially earlier in the week, than how Jay Gruden and his staff operated largely. Not saying that they were all out of here at six at night, but there were there were nights where I, you know, early night, on night. in his tenure, where I saw Jay Gruden leaving at you know six thirty seven o'clock at night. Now I don't know what time he was getting in. Maybe he was getting in at four in the morning. I have no idea. But yet, that was a little bit different. But I've seen all sorts of things. Like, I've seen quarterbacks leave at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I've seen some quarterbacks stay until 6, 30, 7 o'clock at night. You know, everybody does something a little bit different. So I don't know if that means you're a bad coach or a good coach or you're a hard ass or you're too tough or what have you. I think this kind of thing, just semi, just trying to summarize this, I think this kind of thing and the bitching and the kvetching about hours and how new leaders and how new people do is synonymous with what? Losing Losing. organizations. And that, no matter what anybody wants to say, no matter who the owner is currently, they are still a losing organization. Period. Period. Point blank. I mean, we could sit here and discuss this from now until kingdom come. And we will. We'll continue to point out all the different things. They are a losing organization. And when you're a losing organization and when you're kicked in the nuts and when you are pushed to the tilt, and especially if the results don't change, mm-hmm. like if they were nine and four instead of four and nine, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you would not be hearing this level of bitching. Maddie I guarantee Ice, you. Matty, I sent us both a text and it was a reminder because I remember this time last year, well, February-ish last year, what was the running joke? Ron Rivera's playing an AT&T Pebble Beach tournament yeah. Oh, yeah. instead of being at the freaking Senior Bowl. Good point, Matt. That's the losing crap yeah. that we deal with. Good point. Mike Tomlin was there front and center watching the yeah. offensive lineman. And guess who he ends up with? Yeah. One of the best damn offensive linemen in the draft. Yeah. Broderick Jones. Starting for them playing good damn football. And he got an up-close-and-personal look at him. Good point. I, I forgot. I had forgot because I. I mean, I killed Ron for that, and so oh, we many were, people we were, were mad at me. Ron, oh my god! Like, Cause, cause so many people were mad. It doesn't matter. It's just a Senior Bowl. Yeah. What's he gonna yeah. do? I remember. I remember, and I know we got to take a break. We had Tony Khan, the the Jaguars owner's son. I mean, he's one of the co-owners of the Jaguars, and the president and CEO of AEW, and. Uh, Fulham H E and whatever and 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 add some d- data analytics thing, and he Tony was calling us from where <laughs> the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl. Where he's supposed to be Tony, the <laughs> owner. Because he's there. Yeah. He was at the Senior Bowl. And Ron wasn't. And Ron wasn't. Come on, man. I mean, again, 
if they if they were nine and four, we wouldn't be getting this. Now, of course, we wouldn't have had the I, trades for Chase Young I, and Montez Sweat. I don't think uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be hearing as much bitching. Players are mad because they say the enemy has pushed them to the brink, and the results are not showing. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you've got to be pushed before you can be pulled back. Mm, look at you, preacher man. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. What do you make of this? Mm-hmm. We'll take your calls. Uh, we're going to weigh in on various different points of the rest of the piece. I don't think this is like the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. I think this is just investigative journalism and obviously talking to people that are willing to talk. And I think it's a good job by Kime, and I think it's a good job by uh, Jeremy Fowler. I think stuff like this is necessary now. Yeah. The problem is... I'm going to find – I'm sorry. I have a hard time sitting here going, oh, gee, that's nice. He's respectful of our time when players have five and a half months off a year. Come on, man. I, I have, we, I'm going to have a hard time. Back, there's a quote from an executive right now from an NFC team that I think tells exactly what Washington is <laughs> and the national perspective – perceptive of what this organization is. Let's right get now. to that and your calls on the Ace Law listener lines. Interact Ace Law. I hope you get a check column at 8888 Ace Law. 8888 Ace Law. Call us at 301-230-0980. As many of you are already doing, we'll start knocking you down as quickly as we can here on the Team 980. All right, 127, Team 980. We're running a little bit behind, of course, because we got a lot to say. But you wanted to tee it's up. my fault. That's, no, no, no. I'm the I, clock I, killer. I talk a lot, too. I talk a lot, too. We got a lot to say. We got a lot of energy. What did your boy say? My boy said, y'all on fire right now, yeah. man. I feel like I'm in the locker room. <laughs> I mean, listen. But no, man, it's real. I, I mean, there's a lot to be fed up about, a lot to be frustrated with. I mean... Unfortunately, I think some of this team's most productive players mm-hmm. are probably the ones that are bitching. And that's the problem. And we fall in love with these guys because they're our favorite players on our favorite team. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they are a part of a losing organization. Yeah. What was the quote that you wanted to give about the... Yeah, this was about an incident. Well, this is from the team source. Uh, another NFC executive. Let me scroll down to it here real quick. I should have had this ready to go coming out. Yes, you um, should have. This is from a, a quote from an NFC executive right now, and it mm-hmm. said he took over a tough situation there in Washington and has worked hard to correct it, talking about Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. They needed a culture shock there. I think he's probably helped his profile. You know what that means? That this NFC executive, probably from a winning organization, understands the way things have worked in Washington for the past, let's just use this four- to five-year stretch. It hadn't been good, inconsistent, team comes out flat, but I thought it's these were group. I thought these were all the things that Ron Rivera was hired and given all the keys to the castle but can you, to try and fix and eradicate. And this is where I give Ron a bunch of credit, and which is why I think the tribute at season's end is, is probably proper. He took over this team with cancer. Think Understood. about when you're trying to come in and establish Understood. a culture and you can't even be there day to day. Understood. I mean, Jack it was, Del Rio now I mean, becomes it was, the voice. I mean, it was seven, so months, seven months into his tenure, but he didn't have a president. He didn't have come any on, he was general voice. manager. He was it. He was, he, handling, was he was handling marketing. He was handling name change stuff. He was handling all sorts of nonsense and fending off Dan. Okay? Um, here's the deal. I do think the big one of the bigger issues is we went from – 
Casper Milk Toast and Scott Turner yeah. to hard-ass drill sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter, and Eric Bieniemy. Okay, yeah. and and that's not an insult to Eric Bieniemy. I guess it is sort of to Scott Turner. But we went from we went from cool hand Luke to, to we we went from yeah. lukewarm yeah. to red hot. Okay, there was no gradual upping. So players are then? going to struggle with that. People are going to struggle with that, especially if they don't see the results. And that's the problem. If they would have kept, like they were 2-0 and at one point. Remember, this all came up not because a player leaked it to Kime or whoever. This all came up because Ron Rivera brought it up himself yeah, in August. The genius himself. Then the team starts 2-0, and right? And, like, of course it's not going to come back at that point. Everybody kind of forgets about it. Then all the week-to-week game-to-game struggles of Sam Howell kind of take over and obsess us and what have you. But this is my thing, though, Chris. All of that's fine, and I don't mean to cut you off. We've been hearing all that since he first got here. And we the same thing I'm saying about it now, I was saying about it then. I don't give a damn what the players think about his method. He's got hardware. He is the most winning presence in this organization right now, and people can't help but kick him every chance they get. Look at what the hell he's done with this young quarterback. Okay, let me ask it. Let me ask it to you this way: You're a pretty feisty bulldog mentality personality. Correct. There are others that have been doing this a lot longer than you. You don't always like what they do and how they do it, right? Especially if it affects you. Mm-hmm. So, is it understandable to think that even though they have the quote-unquote championships or ratings or success or experience that you don't is it is 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 isn't it as exactly or similar when when you gripe and complains maybe say how somebody with more experience does something that you don't like isn't it natural to do that meaning isn't it natural to do. to do what the players <laughs> Have done. I don't have to like what the players have done. I don't respect what the players are saying. I don't want them as part of this team because I don't want any soft as vanilla ice cream on a hot summer Sunday players anymore. That's how you I've build had a, enough that's of how them. You build a culture, Chris but, Russell. But isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't Why it? Weed out the softies. Okay, but isn't it? It's not exactly the same thing. But again, what I'm trying to say is, just because. EB's won championships and they haven't doesn't mean that they're going to sit there as a bunch of 22 to 27 year olds and like what EB is trying to do. They're not going to do that. (laughs) That's just not the society we live in anymore. My grandmother used to say a hard head makes a soft ass point blank period. You don't go by and abide by EB's rules. That's the results that you'll get. Because my thing is this. Why do we act like this guy all of a sudden forgot how to coach offense? Why do we act like this guy all of a sudden hasn't been orchestrating the Kansas City Chiefs offense? And for those of you out there that try to belittle his role in Kansas City offense, I have so many audio clips that I run on overtime of Travis Kelsey talking about him standing up in leading install meetings, Tyreek Hill talking about him leading install meetings, and I'm going to say it, and it's a slippery slope to go down. A lot of the criticism to me, I ain't even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. 
I mean, you're, you're, how do you I mean, disrespect? Bro. How do you? How is he all of a sudden not a credible? Offensive coordinator. Well, he's How is on, he all he's of a only the he's only not credible to people that are <laughs> looking to diminish anything and every everything that somebody accomplishes. You, you, you and and, it, and yes. because he, he wasn't the primary play caller, people are going to say, "Well, he didn't have a meaningful look at you know like he sat there the, with the, the, Chris the quarterback Netflix documentary because he wasn't featured in there and a heavily edited thing because he wasn't featured in there. People in our industry are running around saying he has nothing to do with the Chiefs' success. They they ignore it. Because guess what? And Travis talks about it. Pat talks about it. Tyreek talks about it. You know the one part in that hard knocks, or excuse me, in the quarterback documentary that they did show Eric Biennemi? When he's telling Patrick Mahomes as, nah, bro, you're sitting on the sideline. He was the one that they uh, selected to make that choice, to, to have that conversation. He's the one that's got the relationship with the guys to say, hey, bro, I know you want to go, and I know you want to fight. This is a playoff game, but you got to sit down for a second. It was him that had that tough convo. That's the type of dude he is, man. All right, more on this, your reaction, 301-230-0980, right after a trending alert right here, right now, on the Team 980. Uh, One of the other pieces of this, Kime and Fowler, ESPN.com, expose, if you will, and again, it's multifaceted. It's not all about Eric Bieniemy is that they basically allude to the decision on Jack Del Rio first being made on the team plane back home from Thanksgiving when Ron Rivera watched a late first half sequence that saw the Cowboys go right down the field uh, on a five-play drive near the end of the first half. That's when, according to a team source, Rivera considered whether to fire Del Rio and then obviously made the decision uh, after returning home or the next morning. More on that piece coming up from Fowler and Kime on ESPN, and it is the lead story right now on ESPN.com. Meanwhile, Zach Wilson is back to quarterback number one against D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans. All of the controversy emanating out of Jets camp earlier this week. And Aaron Rodgers not happy about leaks. Tim Boyle no longer with the organization. Uh, Brett Rippon, a part of the organization. Oh, so much going on in just these couple of situations around the NFL. And the Wizards return to action tonight. That's right. For the first time since Friday night, they're hosting Josh Harris is Philadelphia 76ers. 7 o'clock on 106.7 The Fan tonight because we have Indiana basketball. Uh, Indiana basketball. We have Maryland basketball. Indiana kicked the Terps' butt last Friday. That's what I was thinking of. Penn State at the Terps tonight, 6.30, following the DOC, who's in for Craig Hoffman. That's all coming up right here on the Team 980. All right, along with Linnell Willingham, who's fired up. I mean, if you guys think he's fired up on the radio, you should see him during the commercial breaks. It's the best part of the show to me. Maddie doesn't even get the full like tilt because he's in the other room. But maybe you're so loud and enthusiastic. Oh, you guys on cue. It, I can hear you. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. going to say it probably trails, or you could just secretly listen. In other words, you're secretly recording us talking How do you think all he's got the all time these drops? about the things that we're talking about. And you could get us in a lot of trouble. Real quick, I, I should have did this at the start of the show. Shout out my man Ed and Gabe man. Took me to the Metro this morning. 
big fan of the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan, but he loves him some Chris Russell. Before we get out of here, we got some audio for you all that you need to stick around to you hear. You know, Mike, I, I've heard about this. I have not heard it yet. Or it's actually, stuff, you played man. for you played it briefly for me in the elevator. Uh, my man, Ed, God love you. Come I mean, on, I appreciate you. The hardworking people of America. Because there's so many people that hate my dumbass <laughs> that anytime somebody actually loves me. Like, my guy, I know you and Eddie D well, have some. I, I know you guys have some friction, but Eddie's like fired up because he's working from home today. He he's got the Team 980 on, on the smart TV on, and everything. I mean, like, I need all the support I can get. So I'm cool with anybody that wants to throw me a bouquet of roses. Yeah, I had some nice words for the DOC as well. And then I told him who I was. And he goes, <gasps> yeah, the youngest are talk. We'll, we'll play it for you later in the show. Wait, he- voice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you be, Matty Ice be cutting up, man. Like, no, like none other. All right, let's get to the phones and get you guys uh, aboard in. Your reaction, yeah. if you will, to what we're talking about. Some of the unnamed quotes. Uh I'll just say this. Listen, uh, some of the quotes in here and what Ron said, and you reminded me of it, and I, I made a mental note of it, and I know exactly what you're talking What Ron said on Monday, I guess it was, the last time we heard. It that does, was the last it, time we spoke to. That's crazy. I it think, it yeah. does not – I'm not going to say I know it is. I'm just going to say it does not paint a pretty picture, in my opinion – for Terry McLaurin. No, it doesn't. It Let's just doesn't. It is. Uh, Matt, it, we're asking Matt to do a lot. In the next break, I want to get that Ron audio of what he said about basically Terry and Eric Bieniemy had a meeting. Yeah. But that's not the that's, that's not, not the, the only thing. That's but, not the only thing. There but, was a friction from an event, mm-hmm. uh, from a little battle, In if you will, camp. during training camp. There's, and as you'll hear when we can turn around the sound, mm-hmm. you'll hear Ron talk about. Terry and EB having some meetings. Yeah, it was very weird. There is clearly some frustration. And again, I don't, I can't say definitively. This feels so much. mm. But it feels like, it feels like Terry might be, we we know, we know that things aren't going right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say this as delicate as I can. Terry could be one of the players that is front and center in here. And there's a lot of I'd, circumstantial evidence that leads cardio, me to say that. The comments from Sunday right. about him there's running There's a cardio. lot of circumstantial evidence that leads me. I don't know that, but there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that leads me to believe that. And you don't think organizationally they're maybe trying to kiss a little Terry Tush? I love the, and I'm, I'm not trying to diminish anything he does with right. the 17 Foundation, right. but I don't think it's a coincidence right. that all of this is happening and then he Man of the year. 301 Let's get to Rob and Frederick in the leadoff spot up, with us here on the Team 980. Rob, how are you? Rob. Robert. All right, I'm going to put him back on hold. Oh, there he is. Rob, you with us? Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go right ahead. I was going to say, um, back when Gibbs first took over, he had to inherit um, Richie Pettibone as his defensive coordinator. And I know when it first came out, it wasn't sitting well. But when Gibbs decided to do roster cuts, he took a lot of players off of that Allen slash party squad. And that didn't sit well with fans either. But we know how it turned out. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, listen, I, I, I mean, 
There are going to be decisions made that people are not going to agree with. No matter what regime, no matter what era, no matter what team, no matter what sport, right? I guess the question is, what what becomes of these situations is how you handle it. Either you can curl up, suck on your thumb, and wear your soiled diaper in the corner of a room, or you can come out and be a man and push through it and win something and do something positive. You can get knocked down and suck on your thumb... Or you can break through the brick wall. And so far, the evidence is pretty overwhelming that the players that are not happy have chosen to wear diapers and suck on their thumbs. Point blank. Maybe that's that's too harsh. I I don't know. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you. Uh, Let's get uh, to Uptown Mo before we take a quick time out. Mo, what's up, man? Bro, this this is so disappointing, bro. So, Rob Rivera plays for Buddy Ryan. And one of the toughest coaches, to, you know, the coach in the NFL, right? He gets here. We didn't get Ron Rivera. We got Ronald Rivera. It's a difference. <laughs> See, the difference between Eric Bieniemy and Kansas City and, and Eric Bieniemy here is Andy Reid. Andy Reid was yes. the college yes. between them. So Andy Reid can talk to the players. He has a, hey, this is what's going to make you better. Ronald Rivera is a politician here. So he talks out both sides. Listen, look what he did. He took an all-pro left tackle. He couldn't get Trent Williams back in the building, and all the people he was beefing with was gone. He he got rid of uh, Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses, yeah. He, he made Chase Young a captain and didn't like the he guy. Cut Adrian Terry Peterson. McClellan, Adrian, listen, he, he bit Adrian Peterson. Terry McLaurin might be frustrated because his numbers are down, whatever would have you, right? I played for a tough coach, Coach uh, 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 at Bowie, uh, Coach Frazier. Coach Frazier is an excellent coach. Our first year we went 2-8. and eight. Then we went on to win championships. Yep. You have to set the precedent. But if the head coach doesn't back mm. the offensive coordinator, oh. if he undercuts them, if he's in the, the, the media yep. saying these things, He's never going to have the authority to make the changes. Completely undermined Eric Bieniemy with all the BS comments that he makes in the media. You are spot so, on right now. I thought I want Eric Bieniemy to go to the job, and I want him to go to the podium and be like, "Young, if, if Ron Rivera wasn't so soft, I could really uh, make make changes. Mm. If he wasn't so lackadaisical, listen, Chris, you named all the things Ron Rivera had to do when he got here. You didn't mention coach not one time." He got hired to win the. He got hired to win games, bro. Yeah, you dealt with cancer. Your mother passed away. I get all that. You had to deal with that. Win games, bro. Mo, here's the problem. I, you're right, but he got hired to do too many damn things. He's not that good. Well, well, guess what? Guess what? He's the delegator. Hire more people to delegate. Well, listen, maybe Bible, maybe he should have. In the Bible, listen. In the Bible, Moses' father-in-law Jethro told, "Hey, Slim, you doing too much." <laughs> Maybe, maybe he knows. Hey, man. Thank you, Mo. The, Appreciate you. Come on, man. All right. Maddie has found the audio from uh, – this was from Monday, which we carried, I think, this portion live here mm-hmm. on the show, about Ron Rivera being asked about Terry McLaurin and getting three targets and no catches. And I, I should point out, by the way, Terry McLaurin has had, I think, four games with double-digit targets. Mm-hmm. It's not like when he's been double-digit targeted, the, the production's been there either. It's been like – 50% or less in three out of those four games uh, is the numbers that I research. But here's Ron on Terry and EB. 
everything? Yeah, I've talked with Terry before, and, 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 and you know, we've talked about those things. And, and I know he's talked to Eric, and, and he's gone in, and he and EB have, 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 you know, good conversations from what I understand. And, you know, that's then to me, that's the way you handle it, is you, you go in and, and you talk directly. And, and I think that's, you know, that's big of what he's been doing. You know, it's been big of him to come in and, you know, and, and fight the, 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 the frustration and talk about it if, if that's what needs to be. All right, so in that answer, in that answer, he's right in that if you're a man, yes, you talk to somebody face-to-face respectfully, and even if you walk out of there disagreeing or not believing, if you're a man, that's how you do it. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that in a situation like this, there could be other issues at play, and in the locker room, you know, as they're uh, wrapping up from practice or getting ready from practice, you know, somebody might say something, say Logan Thomas might say something, Terry, and Terry rolls his eyes, or, or maybe he adds to it. And all of a sudden, it's like a brush fire through the wide receiver room, through the tight end room. And then everybody starts going, wait a second, if Terry and Logan feel that way, if Terry and, uh, and, 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 um, and Jahan feel that. And again, I'm just, I'm, I don't know if this is what happens, but this is what happens in locker rooms. All of a sudden, it starts spreading like wildfire, and then Deami Brown thinks, yeah, you know what? I was supposed to get more opportunities. I'm Sam Howell's guy. I'm still not getting opportunities. Screw that. Screw him. I'm not working on it. I'm not running through you know, a brick thing, wall for him. You know the thing that's going to really – if we do get to the bottom of this and it's Terry McLaurin leading this, I don't think it's – I don't know whether it's him or not. I don't know either, but a, I, I mean, clearly I'm going to be accused of pointing a finger at well, him. It's, it's, but I mean, it's it's hard Ron to ignore is, the circumstantial evidence. Ron is peeling back the, the damn curtain yeah. all the way by saying that they've had conversations. Yeah. That's no one's business. They don't know how to keep things. They don't know how to shut the hell up over there. No, that's the problem. That's part of the problem. But if it is, Terry, that would be a stark contrast from EB's opening press conference when that montage that everyone liked to run all summer long about Terry talking about some yeah. We need tough love. We, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Stark contrast if it's coming from him. I don't. Well, that's why I don't think. It again, is him. people love tough love when they're winning and when they're getting the ball. You got to get there though, man. It's not instant grits, man. I know. But when you're not winning and when you're not getting the ball, that's when tough love all of a sudden becomes way yeah. too hard love. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty more of your calls coming straight up. You're on the team nine eighty. Stay with us. Uh, there's so many other elements of this story that we haven't even gotten to yet, such as players complaining that, you know, meetings in the afternoon cut into rehab time. Uh, you know, again, you need rehab. Stay at the freaking building a little bit longer than 430 in the afternoon. Exactly. It's up to you. Come on, Chris. Preach to him. This is the thing. We're so accustomed to these losing behaviors and these losing habits. Yeah. I, I, the great Kobe Bryant, Mamba Mentality. LeBron James spends a million dollars. You think on anybody has a Mamba mentality on the Washington Commanders? I think one dude do, and he wears number eight. Brian Robinson got a Mamba mentality. He got shot and came back. He ain't complaining about meeting times. I, I mean, I don't that. know privately, but so far publicly, Sam Howell has been very, very defended him at all. Open and now he has said, you know, like I think he respects me, and that's all you can ask for. And da 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 da. I think Sam's, you know, a, a little leery about saying anything that can be misconstrued. But so far, everything that I've heard every Wednesday, usually, um, you know, which I judge players a little bit 
differently on when they speak on Wednesday versus right after a game yeah. because their you know their their mindset is just a little more clear. You got the chance to calm but down. So a far, bit. everything that I've heard, I believe Sam Howell understands, respects, and appreciates Eric Bieniemy. He may not love everything, but I I, I believe that to be the case. Again, I, I want to be careful here. I I do not think like. You heard what Ron said about Terry. You heard that there's been meetings where they where he's been frustrated with his role. Is it logical to think that going back to that preseason incident that you mentioned earlier with Benjamin St. Juice and E.B. yelling him back, you know, to get back in the huddle? I'll, I'll read the exact excerpt. Yeah. But Bietemi's approach remains a matter of some debate. In training camp, when star receiver Terry McLaurin intervened after defensive back Benjamin St. Juice hit a teammate in what McLaurin deemed an overzealous manner. The enemy, in response to that, fired an expletive warning for McLaurin to return to the huddle, basically yeah. saying they were fighting and Terry was running his mouth after the play. And the enemy said, Get the bleep back in the huddle. Yeah. You were there. I, I was, was there. there. I was there. And I, and I walked away impressed because, yes. he, because he was willing to challenge the star, McLaurin. But, and he did it one other time, mm-hmm. too, that I noted early on in camp. Yep. I forget the circumstances, so maybe I think it was a false start. It was either yeah, a false. Start maybe from this him. isn't so crazy if you start to. And again, we should be careful to point out we don't know for sure. We're trying to put the puzzle pieces together here, mm-hmm. and we're also saying this is multiple players. And if I had to take my guess, it would be the Logan Thomases of the world. It's got multiple it would be children, the Charles Leno of the world. It would be Diami Brown who's frustrated. It might be. Man, for all the young dudes on on the team, man, that, that's complaining about long hours, y'all, y'all need to be watching more tape and need to be getting treatment yeah. instead of playing Xbox all damn day. Yeah. That's all they want to do is sit around and play Xbox. Yeah. and Learn your damn playbook. I mean, yeah. It might be guys that we haven't even mentioned, and maybe that's not fair. But I want to say something about the moment from training camp, because I, I said it to you during the break. That could have been something that was a season-changing moment, potentially, because Eric challenging the star in – Terry, mm-hmm. Terry's response to it, the fact that he pushed back, not backing down instead of just getting his ass back in the huddle, it may have shown Diami. oh, well, if Terry talking to EB like that, I could talk to EB like that. Or if Terry's going to push back, I can push back. There's a precedent that may have been set with that moment right there mm-hmm. where I continue to say the enemy was 100% in the right. They are installing a brand new damn offense. I don't have time for y'all bickering after the play. Get your ass back in the huddle and let's get this work in. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to point out this hour, and then we'll we'll get to all the calls on the other side of 2 o'clock. Uh, according to this article, among the players' other issues early in the year per team sources was that afternoon offensive meetings frequently ran long and got in the way if players needed treatment. The enemy's initial concession was to allow players to use foam rollers on the floor of the meeting rooms to save meeting time per team source. Can I, can I, first of all, I love John Kime. I don't know really much about Jeremy Fowler. That piece makes Eric look so damn bad. Like, that's, that's the only way he tried to concede that is by having them use foam rollers in the meeting room. That's like kind of like crazy. How are you supposed to be rolling yourself out and watching film right. and watching tape? Like, that makes Eric look like a damn clown show well, leader. Yeah, basically, it that's makes it, well, it makes Eric. Look like, hey, guys, you, you can't go get your rehab. The team meeting and, and, 
is more important. And are they but complaining here's the about thing. rehab time, or are they complaining about going home and well, sitting well, on the that, couch? Well, that, that's my point. They got plenty of time to get rehab. Exactly. So you can kiss they, my ass with that. But you, do, you, you have no right to expect. Now, I, I what I don't know is, does the CBA specifically specify that they can only be in the building for eight and a half hours a day or something like that? Because knowing the CBA and the NFLPA, there may have been that clause put in because – the NFLPA believes time. in not working hard. Chris, I'm I'm sorry, and I don't know the the NFLPA handbook like the back of my hand to like be certain in this, but I'm sure there's plenty of time for them to get treatment. Whether I, that's you I, getting I'm guessing in, or, there is there too. are sacrifices. Yeah. See that keyword? Yeah. Sacrifices that I think guys weren't willing to make. And like you said, when the results aren't happening, people start to get pissy. But who gives a damn? He's the only one with any type of winning pedigree on this staff. That's fair. And he, Ron conceded this power for a reason, man. That's 159 on the Team 980. Got a break. And your call's coming straight up. Stay with us.